everybody. Hey, everybody! Uh, welcome back to another ah! episode of your mom's third favorite Def Leppard podcast. Going up in the ranks! Till Death, death to us, us Party. party! Ah! Yeah, as you can see, uh, and I'm sure you that already know. That was the most annoyingly you're... I've ever done that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that why I just kind of I just kind of kept rolling because I'm assuming you were going to go back and just I, completely lower yourself in the mix. Yeah, I yeah I'll, I'll definitely cut myself out of that <laughs> section. Sure. I took yeah, yeah. a I took a long nap after work, so I'm like, this is fake energy, like completely. This is 100 percent fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're uh, it's all posturing. Yep. It's like it's like rock and roll posturing, where you go out and you fucking fake it till you make it, and then as yep. soon as the set comes down, as soon as the show's done, you just collapse into a mm-hmm. pile, and your friends have to carry you onto the tour bus, bus, and then it's on to the next town. That's the thing, no rest. And your family, they're at home. Yep. Who's going to love you? Some person on the road, maybe? But if is that real if love? If you're lucky. No. Yeah. It's too bad. Nope. Um so, as you can tell, I am the leopard tamer, Stuart Wellington. And he with just, me... He just tamed me quite a bit. I just, I just tamed you. Uh, and with me, as always, is Dr. Def himself. A licensed pediatrician, Dr. Def, <laughs> Alexander yep. Smith. Focusing on oral maladies. Mm-hmm. Wait. Ear, nose, right and throat. Word? Ear, nose, and throat. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. How you been? I've been great. Uh, seeing a lot of ears lately. Not so much noses and throats. It's ear okay. season in the biz. Uh-huh. Uh, but fortunately, uh, I also host a, a music podcast, so ears are just, they're probably just my, they're my sweet spot. They're my, they're my wheelhouse, where I keep mm-hmm. my wheels. Mm-hmm. And you stick your wheels in somebody's yep. ears. <laughs> yep. Like your Catherine wheels and your Steelers wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we do on this show is we, uh, talk about a Def Leppard song by the band Def Leppard from England. Mm, The English band, as they're commonly known. And we're going to do that tonight. And tonight we're doing a song off of the B-side of Def Leppard's Adrenalize album. Side two. Side two. We are talking about the first track off that out of that side. Stand Mm -hmm. up. Parentheses, kick love into motion. So you've been making out with your girl or your boy mm-hmm. uh, on the fuzzy couch in your yep. uh, girlfriend or boyfriend's parents' basement. Fuzzy and couch is, uh, of course, a term for genitals. <laughs> you've just been heavy handing it down there in those, uh, in those fuzzy couches of your significant other's crotch. And you get up, maybe you uh, uh, have to adjust yourself a little bit. Because you're yeah. aroused, and you walk, you, you stumble over to the record player or the cassette tape deck, and you flip over that sweet mechanical piece of, uh, of musical media, and you start side two, and you hear the opening strains of Stand Up, Kick Love and Emotion. Now, before we start that song, Dr. Def, uh, I just want to stop you and say, was that description of the listening experience was that kind of story you painted for us was that a backdoor attempt to get uh our listeners to hear the story about the time you saw your dad's balls fall out of his underpants (laughs) (laughs) 
It wasn't. It wasn't out of his underpants. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 I guess you should uh, clarify from for me. What, it was what like an adult diaper? What's going on? No. Uh, was he just wearing one real oh, long no. nightshirt? I don't think I should tell this story, man. <laughs> No, he's a, he's it a is a it is show. a high it is a and I'm not sure it's a ma- I don't know if it connects completely because it's not I don't think it was a high school makeout story it was me and uh, the the high school makeout story that uh, that's very funny from uh, from making out with uh, my girlfriend at the time in my yeah. room yeah you don't have to name names uh, <laughs> was th- that. Um, we would we had this we we had this routine that we would do when we were making <laughs> sure. out and in various states of undress uh we would hop under the covers and and pull the bl- one of us whoever was more naked would hop under the covers pull the covers over themselves and just pretend to be like taking a little like sweet nap with the other one of us like <laughs> sitting on the other side of the room like we're having a little half nap half conversation right yeah yeah and so that would so that worked uh somehow i think it just worked cuz nobody wanted to talk about what was obviously going on but so my dad uh, my my dad came home all all of the sudden um, yeah, yeah. As parents uh, seem to like to do with teenagers, which yes. is like, are you fucking insane, dude? You know what teenagers <laughs> are doing? Yeah, never come home if you have a teenager in your house. Uh, yeah, just don't ever t- do it. Just telegraph it. Be like, I will mm-hmm. be home specifically at this time. And in theory, unless your kid's a moron or just bad at reading clocks, they're pro- you know. I was both of those things, though. Okay. I mean, to be fair to my parents. Yeah. Uh, so. So my dad comes home and uh, and he walks into the room and so I so we heard him just in time for me to because I was the one more undressed, sure. Uh, and so I jumped and by, by more undressed. You were just wearing a t shirt, nothing on, <laughs> nothing underneath. Maybe some socks. <laughs> I definitely had socks on. Yeah. I one hundred percent had socks on, and uh, and and some other things. Uh, so. So I jump into the bed and I pull You're the covers a over belt, me. A vest, <laughs> some sunglasses. <laughs> hey, did you ever do the thing when you were a kid? What I used to do when I would uh, I would pretend to be He Man when I was a kid. <laughs> of course. And yeah. what the way my He Man outfit, which makes no sense, it's nothing like He Man. But I I was ne- I was never a big fan of that shirt off feeling, like running around with your shirt off. So it, I, I wasn't real. I wasn't like. <clears throat> The, that was not uh, uh, that aspect of He-Man. I just sort of magically wished that away. And what I what I would do if I ran around with a fake sword pretending to be He-Man, what I would do is I would have just a T-shirt on, and then I would just put a belt around the waist of the T-shirt. Did you ever do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sometimes like, a, with, like you're sometimes, wearing a tunic. Yeah, sometimes with tidy whities on, and sometimes not. Sometimes so. not. And would you do that thing where you're like, I'm currently Prince Adam, I'm going to become He-Man. So you'd grab your ding-dong like it's the, the sword, <laughs> and you'd, like, break it so it would turn into the magic sword or whatever. Isn't that what he would do? Um, he'd, well, like, snap the sword or something? First, would... first of all, no, I did not break my dick to make it a magic sword as a, okay. as a child. 
I I do think I was fr- uh, in my memory. I do think I was frequently Adam, which is a kind of kind of perfect <laughs> <laughs> kind of perfect little little all the information you need to know about me. Uh, yep, that was your that was uh, when you met your wife. Your Tinder profile said Adam in the streets, Adam in the sheets. <laughs> Way more into Adam. <laughs> so, Just looking for my battle cat. <laughs> so, so uh, it's weird on that show how Adam is also strong and also a hero. It's weird. Uh, anyway, but you gotta, um, you gotta you gotta kiss a lot of cringers to find your battle cat. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway. Uh, so back to the back to the story time. Back to awkward teenage Alex story time. I would uh, so I so I hopped in. So we hear my dad coming downstairs. I hop into bed. I pull the covers over me, and uh, and my girlfriend at the time, let's call her uh, Nicole. She uh, she goes over <laughs> and sits down on the little like there was this little like uh, 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 it was I'm, I, it was basically a bench, but it was like a trunk. And um, she sat on that, and we just sort of looked like we were just chatting. My dad comes in and he talks <laughs> yep. to me. Two teenagers just <laughs> chatting just, in a bedroom. Just, just chatting the way, the way that you do, uh, across the room from each other uh, with one of them under the covers. And, uh, <laughs> and my dad comes in, and he talks to me for a minute, and uh, it's all just da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, and then he goes, okay, all right. And it was, I think it was like after school on a, on, a, on a regular school night or something. He was talking about like when dinner was going to be or something. He goes back upstairs. And I sit up and I look down, and my the blanket that I pulled over myself is only covering me about to my down to my knees, and then there's uh, and then there's about a foot and a half of calf, and then there's my underwear, my jeans, my socks, and my shoes all just bundled up at the end of my legs the way the way it is when you when you've had all of it down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh your dad your, your dad received his academy award for best supporting actor after that yeah okay now the so the story you brought up though which was not us making out it was us about to go out on the town uh, sure. uh my girlfriend at the time let's call her nicole uh mm-hmm. we, we were in uh in the living room or no, we were we were at my house. We had just I think we had, um, we were going out on a date or something. I feel like mm-hmm. we were dressed up or something. And, yeah, you were, uh, you were teenagers, of course. You were dressed. We up. were we were probably going to a dance or a mixer or uh, or a prom or something of that nature. Yeah. And we come in and we and we sit down on the ottoman across. Like we're sitting, we are seated next to each other on these two ottomans that are across from the couches. My parents are sitting next to each other on. Uh, my, my girlfriend at the time, let's call her Nicole and I were sitting there talking to my parents and mm-hmm. my dad is wearing a long night shirt. All right. Sure. <laughs> like, uh, like straight out of, um, uh, uh, night before Christmas or whatever. Like he's, he's might as well have had a you stocking mean a, cap a on Christmas Carol, right? Well, both of those doesn't, doesn't, I mean, isn't it in night before Christmas, isn't he wearing like a. Yeah, I like, I'm thinking of like right. an animated version of it or something, but I, it just in my in my head, I mean, that's like what before, I associate that with. Isn't Night Before Christmas the one with Jack Skellington? That's Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a Halloween story. I'm talking about, um, uh, I'm talking about the poem. Um, 
where I in my kerchief and her in her cap or whatever the whatever yeah. the shit. He puts okay, his so finger a, to the side of his face. Um, yep. So your dad is wearing like a crazy long nightshirt. He's wearing a long, like probably a probably gown. plaid nightshirt, sleeping gown type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point in the conversation, uh, and again, this is this is probably an Oscar worthy uh, performance because he he neither gave away that he that he knew this was happening. Um, uh, but if he did know it was happening, he did not give away how much he was probably enjoying it because my dad put his feet up on the couch uh, and like, I guess like in a sort of cozy move, you know, when you just kind of br- yeah, yeah. pull your feet up, pull your knees up towards your chest, pull your feet up and just <laughs> brought the front of that nightshirt way up. And uh, and his his junk just spilled right out, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, his, <laughs> and his nuts were hanging like off the front of the couch, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's an old like, man. He's got like a crazy <laughs> bat wing at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and we just again, I don't know if I should be telling this story, but we just, but we basically we just sat there and. Uh, and talk to him and it mm-hmm. just it just kept going like at no point did he stop and go well, he didn't outside. say he didn't say guys my eyes are up here <laughs> <laughs> he sure didn't uh but uh but it was a real treat for both of us uh real fun yeah. uh just a fun memory <laughs> um how was the uh, dancer and semi-formal? So, and you know something that uh, something that I think I I think I learned from because uh, yeah. because I then uh, I went on to I don't know uh, try to show as many people as pot for for several years after that I think I tried to show as many people my balls as as possible as was physically possible. Yeah, you got almost everyone in the like world like a real huh? creep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, enough about Alex and his creepy dad. <laughs> let's, yeah. uh, let's, My dad's uh, not creepy. It was a very, uh, it was a very innocent and, uh, and, uh, uh, you know what, it, you know what, I'll just say it, it was downright endearing. Okay. Is what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was charming. I um, challenge anyone to sit where I was sitting and not find, <laughs> not find that moment truly endearing. Yeah, not be like, aw, dad, I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't share that story at your wedding. Yeah, well, it was in the it was in my vows, but Brian cut it out. Yeah. So tonight we're going to be talking about stand up parentheses kick love into motion. Stained up, stained up. Uh, do you want to do any uh, any prep here, or are we yeah. just going to go right into that? I'll shit? do I'll do a little bit of background, okay. tiny bit of background. Um, it's been, uh, as always, it's been a while since we've done an ep- a episode because we're not one of these, we're not one of these by the week podcasts. We're not one of these every other week podcasts. Yeah. It, we, try uh, to, we try to create a, ex- like an extended bingeable experience. Yeah. Well, and also this is like, this is like a little extra treat. This is like a little, we like to, you know, everybody has their weekly podcast playlist that they wake up Monday morning, they crank that old CBB. They mm-hmm. uh they get out that my dad wrote a porno. They get they get all they got your list going. All your hits, you, yeah. All all your big uh brother brother and and me. All you got all your stuff going on. You got your big list um of podcasts and we like to just sprinkle a little uh little spice 
into that already existing list so that you have a special memorable week. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, it takes us forever to schedule these things because we communicate by Raven mm-hmm. uh, instead of Although through normal Although, in the, the latest means. season of our show, the Raven communication's been going faster and faster. Uh. It's been really easy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you dog. Roasted. You dog. Oh, man. Hey, are you, by, by the way, are you, are you watching Game of Thrones now? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that? Well, I don't know. I, like I've, I've actually been kind of curious about your uh, about where you, where you are because we we talked about it a lot when that show came out because uh-huh. you're a big fan of the yeah, yeah. books, fan of the books, and you, yeah. And you hated the show. Well, um, it's just not for me. I'm not the audience for that show. Sure, because right. I would watch the show and then I would get up uh, like scrunching up my hair and my face being like that's not how that happened that's not right. how that works um sure. it's entirely my own fault i'm not blaming yeah the like show. a real like a real just uh like just the most annoying guy to experience anything with exactly just, it wasn't why good, I, it wasn't good enough for you but no well that's that's why i'm curious about about the show now because uh like it's revealing things presumably as they're presumably going to be when they yeah, eventually well, hit the books, they're, they're but past they're, the, they're past the books at this point. Is what so, you're and you, do you not care? Well, they're past the books, and I know that they're following a little bit of a roadmap from George. Uh, and I, you know, for the last what this season, the season before, I was uh, I picked a couple of recappers that I trusted, and I would read the recaps of the episodes oh. because. Because wow. I I didn't want to wow. be like I don't have the I don't feel like watching the show it's just gonna fucking bum me out mm-hmm. and uh, but I also didn't want because since I work in a bar I didn't want like some nutsack to just come up to me and start be like oh you love Game of Thrones how about this thing that happened uh, well a little warning has... to people who might go to Stewart's bar that's uh, that's what a nutsack would say. <laughs> Yeah, don't be a nutsack to talk to me about fucking Game of Thrones, dude. I'm not backing down from that one. I always war- I'm always like, don't start this. This is a trigger for me. This- things are going to get crazy. Um, yeah. So, uh, so I want so to. Re- so you're reading recaps. So I you want know- to have some kind of control over spoilers. Because okay. I, I mean, it's gonna. It would happen almost no matter what. Yeah. So no, I want some kind of control. Plus, we're showing the show in the bar right now. So oh, like, shit. I like start the episode up and then be like, peace and run out real quick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I I mean, reading the recaps, uh, it doesn't make me it doesn't make me feel like I'm like I should be watching the show. And a lot of it feels like I'll be interested to see how uh, George handles that, because that seems crazy to get from where the books are at to that point in the story. But whatever. Yeah, well, it seems like it's, it feels very... Uh, it feels like they've... Since they've... From my perspective as a fan of both the books and a kind of a fan of the show, mm-hmm. um, I like it when it's good, and I don't like it when it's not good. Um, but it feels, like, it feels like the show's at the point where they're starting to give you resolution for things. Yeah, and which that, was and that feels completely against the books in a way because the books never give you res- resolution. <laughs> well, that was always my question reading the books. Um, is uh, th- that was something that I genuinely wondered about as I was reading them? Was like, is all this horrible set? Is all this horrible shit 
just set up for an eventual like triumph that you have that you will have earned by that point or is it going to be this kind of like uh you know is it going to be this this struggle the whole way through and we're just barely going to scrape by and we're going to make you know we're going to all just make all of these like impossible decisions all the way through it yeah uh and and i i feel like the it's been answered at this point unless he really really fucks things up uh at the or intends things to get more fucked up at the end i feel like we've reached the point where it looks like it all was a setup for a for a for like a a quasi happy ending um but i also feel like since they left the books the scenes have gotten a lot more obvious there's a whole lot more telegraphing of what's about to happen and there's also like uh it it, um everything happens so it's very abbreviated in a way that i i don't think he I, i don't think he planned very well and this is martin i don't think he i don't think he actually has like two books left in, in in terms of story. I think he actually has more like four or five books left if he really wants to do all of this stuff. But I, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, and that's possible. And that's also like a criticism that could easily be levied at the guy. Like he, he miss, he mismanaged how much story he had right from the get go. Uh, but I don't know, like at the end of the day, those are books that I'm kind of comfortable without. Like, I just without, like I just like living in the world. Yeah. Uh, the the narrative, you know, <clears throat> the, the the plot of it, while I think is cool, is not the big draw for me. Right. And and that's why that's why the show is not that interesting to me. But hey, uh, okay, so yeah, so enough about the old uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's talk about uh, Adrenalize, the fifth studio album released by uh, America's favorite English band, Def Leppard. <laughs> Adrenalize was released in 1992. Yep. It finds Def Leppard retreating to a a more naive perspective than they've ever had in in any of their earlier uh, earlier albums. Um, there's more sort of more innocent themes going on, and this is. We have uh, speculated this is this is either because of the real world tragedies they experienced uh, in between, well, in between Pyromania and Hysteria, and uh, in between Hysteria and Adrenalize, with the loss of uh, a member and an arm, um, and they and we've also wondered if if the return to a naivete is to mm-hmm. divert and confuse. The remnants of the Soviet Empire, who at this point, Def Leppard, had taunted and subverted to the point of disillusion. So we've lost. So the Soviet Empire has waged uh, a a long, uh, we'll call it a Cold War, against Def Leppard and the various governments that supported Def Leppard. And now the Soviet Union has lost. And Def Leppard is is sort of finding a, a, a peaceful, naive joy in a world without it. Um. Or perhaps just trying to distract the leftover uh, subversive elements that might be coming after them at this point. For vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So we had track one, Let's Get Rocked, which is a song mm-hmm. about wanting to move out of your dad's house. Yep. We had track two, Heaven Is, which is a, a song about a prank call that you do at a girl that you want to smash. Uh, we have Make Love Like a Man, which mm-hmm. is a song about just being chill, not getting too serious. And, and gender dynamics. 
And gender dynamics is about treating your girl like you would your bro. Um, and then we had tonight, which is about ordering pizza. It's basically an ad for pizza that they put on the record, um, probably to cover some of the million dollar costs of, of making uh, of making an album over the course of five years. Yeah. Uh, White Lightning, of course, famously a song about uh, giving a, someone a blowjob with roller skates on your knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we have Stand Up or Stained Up, as, uh, as Joe Elliott says it in the, in the song. Mm-hmm. And shall we start that, Stuart? Do you want to give, give, this, give, this give this old boy a listen? This is um, absolutely, sorry, spoiler alert here, but this is absolutely... One of my uh, all-time favorite Def Leppard songs. I'm a huge stand-up head. Yeah, Here dude, I'm, I'm slobbering <laughs> for this shit. Yeah. Here we go. Stop it right there. We uh-huh. are, um, we, uh, that you can tell, I, I hope you can tell, if you're a longtime listener to, uh, to Def Leppard, you can probably tell that that is the beginning of verse one. It's not a, it's not the, it's, we're not starting with a chorus here. We're starting, we're going right into the verse. We got kind of a, uh, mm-hmm. nor uh, is it any of, uh, Joe Elliott's classic, like, scat tracks that he throws nope. in there. Nope, none of that. This is very peaceful and calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got a little and, bit of shimmer on that guitar there. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a it's a shimmery thing. I uh, I remember um, uh, I remember some a, a friend of mine once referring to this song as they just did hysteria again, um, which was his. He was being uh, he was criticizing it for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know what they mm-hmm. ever did to him. Yeah, he's like but, uh, uh, yeah, they just did. One of the best albums of all time, if not the greatest album of all time, again. No, he meant like it sounds like the song Hysteria, which I can see. It is a it is a mid tempo ballad with kind of glisteny guitar. There's a bit of splash, but it's like a it's a very broad kind of like whoosh, splash, like a slow motion yeah. splash. Do you know what Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But my my thing on this one is that it's not it doesn't sound to me like hysteria the song hysteria it sounds to me like it's somewhere like they found this very sweet spot between hysteria and animal like two just uh, incredible vibes of a song and they and they plopped this one right down there in the middle um, you know we've already got we've sort of already got all the elements just in that intro section we got that we got the bass line that I love so much that doop 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 very simple it's almost like the ACDC bass line where it's just yeah. doop 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 but it's very smooth super smooth and it's just the the vibe is already you're like you're in a hazy like romantic uh, movie from the seventies or something, just very very like broad. Yeah, and a little uh, bit of a little bit of a like a little bit of walk to that guitar tone, like mm-hmm, to that guitar, mm-hmm. like do 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 do. Yep, know, that was that was my best uh, mouth guitar I could do today. <laughs> it was beautiful. Nice. It sounded sounded exactly like it. So um, let's go ahead and hear. Ver- we might as well just the the intro is. Is understated. 
Yeah. Uh, so we've probably talked about it too much, frankly, at this point. So let's go right into that verse one and just dive, just dive into this. Yeah. Just dive right into this yeah, sucker. A, let's take a bite. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, so now you're now you're extreme. Now you're on the couch with your yep. significant other, and you're just you're just oh my god, you're busting at the seams. Mm-hmm. You uh, this is this is pretty heavy. I just stopped it. If you can't tell, uh, I just stopped it right before the chorus kicked in, um, and you that chorus is about to wash all over your face and body. And this song and does heart. not fuck around at all. It's all no. business, man. No, yeah, there's a directness to that. He just he doesn't um he doesn't mess around. Yep. Uh so Stuart, why don't you read all those lyrics to us so far? Well, we've got, I would we love basically to. have a uh we basically that was a verse uh and uh and uh and uh, you know what? I'm going to call uh, again the lyric sheet, the official lyric sheet from Def Leppard is calling that a bridge. We've talked about this a bunch. Uh I think this one counts more as a pre-chorus than a bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh if if you want to get into that distinction, go ahead and write in uh, till def do us party at gmail dot com. Uh, two L's and till two P's and party. And uh, Stuart, go ahead. Okay, I got to know right now. It's got to be this time. I want to show you how. Gonna make you change your mind. There's an empty chair at my table. There's an empty look in your eyes. Ooh, that's right. I just happen to be a man. And you happen to be a woman. And we happen to be together. Try to stop this thing coming. Okay. 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 Uh, seems, seems like, uh, I mean, the, 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 the text is pretty clear as far as... Yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous, Alex. Every time you suggest that I take a stab at, uh, at... Interpreting the lyrics, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like I gotta say after doing all these episodes or episodes, my mistake. It feels like uh, feels like a trap at this point. Like no matter what I say, you're just setting me up for you to prove that I'm wrong. Yeah, well, that's I mean that's the Socratic method, isn't I it? I mean, except for that one time when I was the one who cracked the cracked the pizza mystery. But you yeah. know, well, and I gave you a lot of credit for that. Thank um, you. <laughs> and I thought that would hold you off for like the rest of your life. Uh, I didn't think I was so going to have to deal with this again. Um, what's uh, what's Joe talking about here? Well, it you know, it's very uh, it's very mysterious, but deliberately so. Uh, let's let's just take let's take a look at some of the clues we've got so far. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's initially. I got to know right now. It's got to be this time. 
I want to show you how I'm going to make you change your mind. All right. So he's this is a classic pitch to a woman uh, to get things going like only a man and woman can. Wait yep. a minute. That's very sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, what are you doing? Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, like I told only, you not. I told you not to be a butthole tonight. <laughs> yeah, like only lovers can of any kind that have any persuasion Oof. whatsoever. Sorry. Uh, okay. So just steamrolling over that, uh, <laughs> over that, <laughs> that thing, yeah, and not dwelling good, on good it at going, all. Good going, PewDiePie. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> all right. The, the, but the big questions here uh, that that are not that are not have nothing to do with me. My, I'm not on trial here. Uh, the big questions <laughs> here are are uh, what's he got to do? What? Why does he have to change her mind? One. All right. Sure. Like if if uh, if as he says, if they just happen to be a man. And she happens to be a woman, uh, and presuming uh, that the, the, you know the, that they're compatible, uh, you know, uh, sexual orientation-wise, uh, sure. that, that the rest should seems like. Why is he having to convince her of anything? Then he says, "There's an empty chair at my table. There's an empty look in your eyes." Now that's very mysterious. Um, a lot of times when you say someone has an empty look in their eyes, you're saying that they're that they're not very smart. They're kind of dim. Oh, I was going to say right? they seem disinterested, like they're, you know, thinking about something else. Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess it could also mean that. Um, the way I interpret this moment is that they both have, uh, they, they're both missing a previous engagement from their lives. So Joe has maybe recently uh, been broken up with. Mm-hmm. Um, we, haven't, we haven't really heard uh, a, a specific... Uh, we haven't had a love song that pointed to a specific relationship that Joe's been in in a while. And, uh, and I think that that, that uh, must mean that he was sort of settled. And I think maybe he lost his... Uh, he, lost, he was in a relationship and he lost it. He says, there's an empty look in your eyes... Maybe this woman has a crush on someone else, or she uh, lost someone or something. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, and then, so, got to change your mind. I think, that's what, I think that's what he's going for there. I just happen to be a man, you just happen to be a woman. And we happen to be together. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, if they're not on a date, uh, what's going on? What, what is the, you know, so far... So far, it's, an, it's very mysterious. A lot has been set up about this story that we do not know. Uh, but let's see what the chorus tells us about it. All right? Yeah, why not? back into we're back into verse two uh Stuart, you want to read you want to read me those those lyrics of the chorus hell yeah dude uh stand up kick love into motion take a little love and shake it all around stand up stand up kick love into motion take me in your arms and throw me to the ground 
down to the ground, baby, come on. Stand up, stand up for love. All right. So up, down, up, down, up, down, right? All around. Some kind of some kind of crazy ritual going on here, uh, mm-hmm. where it's a it's, ritual or wrestling match. Yeah, okay. Oh, Stuart. Mm-hmm. Did Stuart. I already did I crack your code? Wow. Okay, Stuart. All right. So, uh, like, uh, you know, you you were all nervous coming into this. Mm-hmm. You were all scared. Uh, I could see it on your face. You were nervous about making any big uh, making any big guesses here, but you are on the right track, my friend. Yeah, I think I got my confidence when uh, you kind of said that fucked up uh, heteronormative cishet <laughs> straight white male bullshit. So <laughs> I'm like, if Alex didn't fuck up, I can't. I, I can probably knock this one off the park. <laughs> so yeah, man, that chorus just fucking all over the place. Standing up, falling down, rolling around, throwing. Take a little love and shake it all around. Throwing Um, a baby on the ground. Is that what a little a little love is? I don't know. It says down to the ground, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So is Joe Elliott a baby in this? And Uh, he's. I mean, he's a little bit like he's over the course of these albums. He has been, been baby, young man. Uh-huh. Middle-aged man, old man, mm-hmm. dead man in the gutter. Back to baby again, Alex. He's you a never giant. know. He's a he's been a rock man. Yep. Um, I do, I don't think he's a baby. Okay. Uh, and um, and and the the ritual the ritualistic or competitive thing going on here in this chorus is a is very is very compelling. So we've had a so we've had a kind of mysterious and misleadingly straightforward verse. That uh, that led into uh, something that just describes some kind of wild and crazy game uh, that mm-hmm. we don't really know what it is. Uh, but speaking of games, let's hear verse two. And uh, 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 um, and one thing I will say about the bridge, because or the pre-chorus, uh, that that is pretty awesome, pre- just pretty downright awesome. If we're talking about okay. the sound of this song, is a lot of times in a standard like structural bridge that 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 Def Leppard would construct, or that a um, or, or 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 a pre-chorus. Or a section where they've got a lot of backing vocals. A lot of times it's that steady, like, dreamy, hazy, like, animal, animal. You know, it's like, it just sounds like a chorus of angelic voices coming from the clouds where it's not even, you don't even hear people's mouths moving. Yeah. You, hear, you hear just magical sounds. What I love about that is, is it... Uh, it sort of builds like a like a choir in a church or something to where mm-hmm. as over the course it's like uh, over the course of that bridge it, the the harmonies get richer and fuller and the backing vocals get louder so it's like that cloud of voices is growing 
throughout the course of it. So it's just very nice, very subtle, very subtle choice there. And it plays the idea that Joe is like this in this this pre-chorus. Joe is all about like he's he is standing there like making his case. Yeah, and he's he's getting more and more. He's got his hand out to her, and he's like. Like you can almost feel the pressure to grab that hand and get pulled up uh, into whatever this dance with the uh, with the trickster devil is. Uh, so, uh, Stuart, go ahead and read us uh, verse two. Sure, I'm going to play your game, and I don't uh, think he's talking about Tetris or Mario Brothers. <laughs> I want to play with fire. I want to breathe your air, baby. Going to take you there once again. Don't think he's talking about an actual baby, but he might be. If you lay your cards on the table, I'll lay my love on the line till you're mine. I just happen to be a man. You happen to be a woman. We happen to be together. Try to stop this thing coming. All right. I imagine. Um, do they ever make a music video for this one, Alex? There is a music video for this. So um, for the end of that pre-chorus, do they like splice in a little shot of like "I Love Lucy" where they're like? trying to trying to cook something and like the <laughs> everything's like spurting all over the place uh here's the thing i'm not a huge fan uh and no they don't but uh i'm not a huge fan of the video for this song uh they went in a direction uh it looks like it looks like a like a jared diamonds commercial or, or something or one of you know just like it looks like a Perfume or jewelry so commercial or something. Uh, it's it's probably appropriate on some level because it's very it's very like fog machiney. Like couple runs across a bridge on a late night, you know, like big romantic like train stationy stuff. But it's uh, but to me, it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel like Joe. Like I don't feel like I'm looking at. I don't feel like I'm having an experience that Joe would have. I feel like I'm watching like a like an engagement ring commercial or something. But, uh, and, and plus that's not really, that's sort of a superficial reading of this song, which, which at this point, uh, we, we, we might, uh, I think you bringing up that, that he says, baby going to take you there. Uh, I wonder if he is actually a literal baby now. And he's saying, I want to breathe your air. Like he's a baby. That's going to take her soul. Or yeah. or he's a baby that's trying to enter her body to to be her for a little while. He wants yeah, to yeah, play yeah, her game. He, yeah. So um, yeah, like babies will will commonly uh, take over people's bodies and uh, abduct their 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 minds and control yeah. them and and walk around. And maybe the way that the baby does that is by um, is by getting you to twirl around with the baby fall to the ground with the baby you know yeah, playing you, well, with, you, you want to get you want to it's trying to get you all tuckered out so it can't resist you climbing inside your body yeah yeah so you can't when it when it climbs on top of you and sucks your soul out like a cat mm-hmm. uh you no longer have the energy to fight back maybe maybe yeah. that's what's going on here maybe yeah, maybe we, we don't want to we don't want to uh define anything just yet it might it might also just be like a sweet little love song uh, between so a woman, we, between a woman and a and a baby. So we get we get we get the chorus after that. Yes, same beautiful big chorus about wrestling. Mm-hmm. About uh, is do we get another verse right after that, Alex? What's going on there? Um, we get 
a little middle eight break section. Um, let's see. It's, it's what, what would a lot of times be called a bridge in a standard pop song like like this kind of is this is structured like a standard pop song so there's a here's our bridge our middle eight section um which uh is just an independent uh verse of lyrics Solo, of course. All right, I'm not gonna. I'm, I don't want to spoil what comes after that, but we should. Uh, we should talk about that. We should talk about that bridge and talk about that that solo. Yeah. Um, so we got the bridge. It says you couldn't get it much better. You never had it so good. Stand up together, and when you're ready, too. And up to this point, this is all this, like, angelic choir of voices. Yes. And then it cuts to just Joe saying, you're going to get you're what gonna you get should. You're going to get what you should. And then that yeah. fucking solo comes jizzing out of the guitar, and mm-hmm. everybody's loving it. Yeah, it's kind of a... kind of feels like a, th- like a two- or three-part solo where there's... Um, there's a there's a clear divide in we've talked about this before Phil Collins did all the guitars on this but he was emulating Steve what he thinks Steve Clark would have done if they had traded off solos so there's a two part guitar solo and then there's a little double thing at the end where they're both going um that's really really nice really shimmery yeah. Yeah. really really like a a nice touch it feels like um it feels like you're watching a, a quality watch be constructed or something in that. We, in that, in that solo. we had, and this song has not wasted a fucking second. Like it is right from the jump has been powering through. Yeah. Um, so the uh, as far as the the bridge goes, you couldn't get it much better. You never had it so good that it, it, we're probably looking at just a classic uh, persuade. You know, very often Joe takes the persuasive voice in these things. Seems a bit like a bit of a neg, uh, but you know, negs are effective uh, in situations like this. So uh, <laughs> sure. you couldn't get it much better. Uh, you, look, babe, you're not doing better than me. Um, you've, in fact, you've never had it so good, uh, is what he says to her, um, which. Taken out of context and out of the moment, sounds like a shitty thing to say to someone. But uh, yeah. you know, let's let's remember what what it is to be a to be a, a salesman uh, and to be and to be trying to persuade people. Yeah, you it requires do- a certain amount of bravura. Yes, exactly. Now then, we have stand up together. So there's the turn. There's the turn from the neg. Is mm-hmm. what he bring he brings her in, uh, and they're together now. Mm-hmm. And when you're ready to ah, there we go. Now he's put it back on her. So this is just classic game right here. Yeah. Uh, and when you're ready to, see, so it's no longer him being yeah, pushy, yeah, being yeah. forceful, you're going to get what you should. Now that's a, uh, that's a, um interesting f- phrase there, I think. You're well, it certainly rhymes with had it so good. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that doesn't matter, Stuart. Come on. Come on. It's not just about what rhymes. Yep. It's never about just what rhymes. Yep. Um, um, but you're going to get what you should. So this is something that this person has earned at this point. Or uh, or that they would regret not getting or or that... Um, or, or that any other choice would be a mistake. Yeah. Right. right. So yeah. Um, so again, just we're we're just seeing the the true mindset of a of an expert persuader. There, that's the real art of the deal. Uh, yep. If you if you, uh, I would I would suggest if you're going <laughs> your out favorite on the, book. Yep. <laughs> I, I would suggest if you are going out of the, on the town, or if you're trying to run a successful uh, microblog on Twitter, or if you're uh, just trying to run for president of the United States, read that bridge and and follow those rule the, that structure of persuasion to yeah, the to, letter. Yeah, to get get pumped. You got two lines of neg. You got to come together moment. Then you got to put it on them, give them the choice, and then you got to point out to them subtly that any other choice would be a mistake. That's just how you do it. It's just yeah. Sell me, motherfucker. You know. All right, so then we have the solo, and now, uh, I said this is a pretty standard pop song format, and it has Until... felt like it's, I, it has felt like it so far, but uh, might we have a little special treat coming our way mm-hmm. in the form of a little extra added breakdown after the solo? Let's let's hear this. I'm not going to play it all the way to the end there, but we have a we have a we have a classic double chorus out after that. We had a uh, breakdown, Stuart. And that breakdown is like Alex, if you if you had told me at the start of this song I was going to be treated to a little cockney rhyming rap, I would have said, "Get the fuck out of here." But you yep. know what? That's what and we I would get. And I would have left. I would have I would have left. Yeah. If you but told nope. me to get the fuck out of here at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have said, get out of here. You would have left. You wouldn't have told that great story about balls. Um, <laughs> so let's let's jump into this breakdown. Little by little, like a fine wine, my love is like a motor running all the time. Yep. Step by step, easy and slow, on the stairway to heaven, what a way to go. And then uh, right into that chorus. So, yeah, so there's, there's a little bit of a Led Zeppelin ref there. And a reference to, uh, you know, my favorite program on the TGIF block, Step by Step. Step by Step, yep. Patrick Uh, Duffy, that dude fucking rules. (laughs) He made uh, all those kids with his wiener, dude. He's awesome. (laughs) There's a few, there's a couple of lines uh, that uh, that I always hear wrong on this. Uh Uh-huh. one of them is definitely my fault. I have stupid ears for lyrics. I'm constantly hearing things the wrong way, the bad way, as we've discussed before. But all right, so like a fine wine mm-hmm. from early, early on, uh, and this I've I've known this was wrong, but it's just the way that it sounds. Yep. 
I have thought that that I, I've heard that as like a bag of wine. That's insane. Yeah, it, I, 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 don't, I can't change. I can't train my ear to hear it a different way. It mm-hmm. sounds like like a bag of wine mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So um, listeners, just hit that 15 second rewind button a couple times and listen to that again and then come back here I'm not and tell telling Alex you, he's a moron. I'm not telling you you're going to hear it that way, but it's always been just the rhythm or where, something about the way it hits where it just goes, it sounds like like a bag of wine. Mm-hmm. And uh, which, which I... Every time you've seen them do this song live... They actually pull out a bag of wine. They pull and start out a bag on the crowd. Yeah, a bag of wine, which always ca- calls to mind for me, like a like an old time, like somebody would have wine in like a in like a sheep's bladder or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's a what I can. see. That's what I see when I hear bag of wine. Okay. Um, and then uh, and then the other thing is easy and slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. This one's not my fault. I'm. I'm not sure that the line isn't actually ease it in slow <laughs> and that they then change, they put it as easy and slow. Cause it's, I think it's probably ease it in slow. Uh, it, and it uh, totally, it totally sounds like ease it in slow and yeah. it, ease it in, ease it in slow is a cooler line than mm-hmm. easy and slow. Yeah. yeah that's like uh, smooth up in you. <laughs> Easy, easy and slow. It would be like a really bad T-shirt for, for you to wear. Uh, the like a fine wine. My love is like a motor running all the time. There's a we're being berated with strange metaphors here, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so little by little, like okay. a fine wine. You would think that that was gonna conclude with like it gets better or something mm-hmm. but he doesn't he says he, instead of saying like a fine wine my love gets better he says like a fine wine my love is like a motor what do you yeah. think what do you think that is implying how is a motor like a fine wine i mean i feel like joe has a tendency to uh just bounce around with metaphors constantly And I think this is a perfect example. I mean, it is possible that he has, like, an old jalopy that runs on grain alcohol. Oh, it is possible. That is possible. And that would be... If if you were a baby that was, like, that trafficked in stealing people's souls out of their bodies and, like, controlling their bodies, Mm -hmm. you'd probably drive around in an old jalopy that that runs on grain alcohol. Mm-hmm. That would be the perfect vehicle for you. For Sounds your like little, a for fine your, wine. For your little, um, you, you know, pod, pod person, person yeah. baby. Uh, so, so you're wondering why uh, little by little and like a fine wine, uh, those are generally not ways you describe a motor. Right. <laughs> Especially well, okay. one that is constantly running. Okay, unless, uh, so like stepping away from a possible literal interpretation of it as being like he's describing his his like abduction vehicle uh we we take it slightly away from that and just say and just say again joe's in the persuasive voice for this whole song and he's working overtime trying to uh trying to get what he not just what he wants but what he thinks is the best possible outcome and one of the like to be quick and poetic and to just keep going, to keep give, to fill your language out with these metaphors that kind of go in circles, yeah, that run like a motor, 
is a good it's a good rhetorical device to to enthrall someone in what you're trying to do. So again, masterclass in persuasion. Uh, we've seen it. We, we, <laughs> we've seen it all over uh, all over politics lately. Um, mm-hmm. And we're and we're we're definitely going to make America great at this point. Okay, uh, uh, I no, think we're no going question. too far in that direction at this point now. Okay. Um. So yeah, he has, and at this point, I, he's apparently easing it in slow, going on a stairway to heaven. What a way to go! Because apparently they're dying. <laughs> yeah, what a way, yeah, what a way to go. Uh, is because uh, the other, you know, the other thing that's funny about that is. He's talking about where they're going. He's saying, like, yeah. let's do this. Let's stand up. Let's mm-hmm. take, let's, he's also, you know, the other thing about stand up, kick love, and emotion is it reminds me of someone getting on a motorcycle. You know, they stand up, and then you mm-hmm. kick that starter, I think, right? Yeah. Don't you kick a starter for a motorcycle? Yeah. Um, I've never started one. Uh, and so you stand up and you kick the motor, the starter on the motorcycle and the motor is going. So it's like, so he's like the motorcycle and she's got to stand up and kick that starter and get it going. Um, and I think that's, that's a, a, an image that's being brought to mind throughout this whole, throughout this whole thing is that he is some kind of machine that, that is static, that she has got to get going in, in motion with her actions. All right. But she's a woman riding around on a animated, a partially animated motorcycle man. (laughs) Who's like a big baby. (laughs) It's a, it's a big baby. Uh, that's like a looks like a Disney ride or something, he's, but it's he's worn. Basically, the character on the pinball game Centaur. Yeah. So just Google that shit, and that's the Joe Elliott we're describing. And uh, and he runs on he runs on wine, right? So you gotta yep. so you gotta get this baby this enormous baby vehicle. You gotta get it uh gotta get it nice and drunk. Then you hop on, you kick that you kick that starter, and then you can take. The stairway to heaven, uh, straight up to uh, to be dead, basically. So that's that's how he's that's how he's describing how he's going to murder her in his as a murder baby death bicycle, murder baby death bicycle. Uh, all right, but what's what's interesting about again, it's another rhetorical device that he's using to 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 entrap this woman, is that. Uh, He's gone from talking about the importance of where they're going to saying that the way they get there uh-huh. is the stairway to heaven. What a way to go. So it's a little confusing about, like, is, is heaven when they're, when they're doing whatever they're doing, if he convinces her, or is heaven where they're headed as they do it? Uh, I'm pretty sure. That's the big question. I, I could be misremembering, Alex, but I believe heaven is a girl he knows so well. Okay, so they're going over to heaven's house yeah. because heaven hasn't been calling him back. Mm-hmm. She's, he's been leaving his name at the sound of the tone, and she will not call him back. Okay, so basically, all right, we figured out exactly what this song is about. It's either so about get- screwing somebody or it's about uh, him... Uh, tricking someone into driving him around as a big, <laughs> oh, as a big overgrown baby motorcycle that is going to just dr- that. In her experience, what's going to happen is she's just driving this baby cycle towards yeah. a bright light 
and and eventually she'll be in heaven, but she'll find out at the very last minute or something that she's actually just being uh, that she's just driving right into a tree or off a cliff or something. Most likely, where uh, some kind of death. In that, so in that always, in that always, how it goes, Stuart. I mean, I mean, it's a it's a tale as old as time, Alex. And there's only True two options. Be. We're we're giving. I feel like they give their listeners only two options as to which way to interpret this song. So after that breakdown, we get into a double chorus, and the double chorus even mixes in a little bit of that breakdown into the lyrics there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, it's true. Uh, let's let's go here and, and hear the last. Uh, we'll hear just the last thirty seconds of the song. All right, and we're basically fading out yeah. to the point where you where you can't hear it anymore. But he's saying, "I said step by step, go easy, go slow, stand up, yeah, kick love into motion on a stairway to heaven. What a way to go!" So yeah, as you said, sort of almost like he's uh, like he's folding some butter into his uh, into his croissants. He's mm-hmm. folding the lines from the breakdown into the double chorus at the end. Yeah, thanks for putting it in terms I understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. so they uh yeah and it in a way like they're heading off heading off on that stairway leaving the listener behind yeah uh, and what a fucking tune once again like just one of the best mo- not a moment is wasted in this fucking thing uh this is classic leopard mm-hmm. uh here's the the line i feel like we haven't talked about yep. that could be significant is um Take me in your arms and show me what you found. <laughs> yeah, um, that's interesting. It's very uh, interesting. It's different. It's different from uh, what's from what's been presented to us up to this point. Take uh, me do you think this is something where she's holding up a mirror, or is she like, look at these uh, jewels and gems I found lying on the roadside? Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? So it's a it's the Little Mermaid, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe she has. Maybe she just has a lot of trinkets and uh, and gadgets and gizmos, and he he wants to know all about them. He wants to know everything that she has found, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because you learn a lot about a person by what they've picked up along the road, along the way. Maybe he is. Maybe she has a roadside trinket stand. I like the I like the duality of the idea of take me in your arms and throw me to the ground. Take me in your arms and show me what you found. Yeah, <laughs> like those are two very different actions. Yeah, or well, maybe what she's found is the ground. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yep, like uh, like some kind of Greek mythological hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know what? Uh, there we we have left some questions open, and I'm okay with that. I like this song being a bit of a mystery uh, because, again, I think you can uh, you know I think you can put too fine a pin in things sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think this song is a very magical, beautiful mystery. Or 
a horrifying tale of a roadside murder, death, baby motorcycle that yeah. picks up a, a woman who's just trying to make a buck. Uh, yeah, either literally one of those just things, two options, yeah. Either one of those things is, uh, you know, it is, a, it is, I think, preserves the majesty and mystery of the song. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Uh, that's the thing that I, that, I mean, I think that's ultimately why I think this song keeps you coming back. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, the structure and the fact that it's just wall to wall song. Mm-hmm. It's wall to wall. It's a good way to describe wall it. Wall to wall. Uh, it really feels, it feels very, um, it feels like it just fills whatever room it's in. Yeah. Um, like a hermit crab. Um, so, uh, do hermit final- crabs, do hermit crabs get as big as whatever room they're in? Yeah, whatever they kind of expand to fill whatever uh, whatever space they're in, whatever they make their home to be. Wow, could you like, could you keep a hermit crab just out in your living room, and eventually, if you could feed it and keep it healthy for a mm-hmm. hundred years, do you think it would be like the size of the living room? Yeah, yeah, and then you ride it into battle. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Why haven't people done that? So, okay. It seems like that would have been that would have been a cool thing for people to do instead of uh, I think we probably have too many dog breeds. All right. Here's just a little. uh, Okay. Yeah. People have spent so much time in our history uh, coming up with different dog breeds and doing different things with dogs. We got all these dogs. Yeah. (laughs) And I love dogs. Dogs are great. My dog is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. I'm sensing a butt here, though. But. We've done so much with dogs. Well, one, we did, we did a lot of stuff with dogs, but we never we never sorted out their weird oh, dicks. Oh man, we got you uh we got you all wound up talking about dogs. Uh yeah, I mean at no point and maybe that's why people did so much with dogs is they never is no breeder could ever fix that weird dick thing that they've got. Mm-hmm, their and little they, doggy lipstick. Oh. And they're like, okay, let's try let's try a different breed, and maybe that one won't have the weird uh, dick thing that makes everybody uncomfortable. Um, but they failed every time, so maybe that's why the that's what the obsession was about. But here's here's my my, my big thing. So if, how would they if fix it was it? possible? Like in a in a perfect world, there would the dog's dick just look like a human dick. <laughs> like a human dick covered in hair or <laughs> yes Stuart. in a perfect world all dogs would have exactly human dicks <laughs> and my dad's balls <laughs> man so well, slowing down with that long long bat wing you know <laughs> no so uh but all right if it was possible, because uh, I've also heard, you know, you say in hermit crabs, but I've also heard that lobsters will live indefinitely. Like they will, they don't have like a lifespan. If they're healthy, they will just keep living and that they will keep growing. They, they, you know, they shed their shell and they just keep growing. So how about some of that effort you spent on, uh, on dogs, maybe Vikings or something at some point in the past decided that they were going to like keep lobsters healthy and grow them as big as they could so that they could ride lobsters into battle. Wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be awesome. If that was like a part of human history. I mean, it would not be amazing in that I would, at this point, I would probably be some peasant who got like, the Vikings would still be pillaging and stuff because they'd be so awesome. Mm-hmm. And, I'd, and I'd be some, at some point, I'd be picked up in the claws of a lobster. But that. And, and sliced in half. 
Yeah, and just easily, easily sliced in half by a thousand-year-old lobster. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, wow, this world is so much better than if I was, like, making a podcast and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, the other thing is that I've always wondered about is why didn't they do the same thing with bears that they did with dogs or that they did with wolves, where we all have, like, a little bear, like a little domesticated bear in our house. Like, wouldn't that be cool? I've probably talked about that before on the show because I talk about it all the time. Uh, I don't remember. Like, so wait. But like you breed, so you breed smaller and smaller bears. Uh-huh. Uh, and you just, and, and you just domesticate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so eventually everybody's just got like a little fun little bear that plays with a ball in there, you know, and it's like a dog, but it's got hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little Ewok. Exactly. Like an Ewok. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that would be, I guess that'd be cool. It'd be super cool. And if you had a dog and a bear, uh, come on, man. They'd be uh, friends. Is, yeah, they'd be friends. Oh, man, that's um, great. Uh, well, we'll have to talk more about this bear theory yeah. next time. Uh, uh, you know what? Sound sound off. Follow us on Et Till Death. Sound off with your uh, with your opinions on the whole, uh, uh, on the bear and, and lobster uh, uh, hypothesis about a, an alternate world that would be both better and worse. And uh, and also uh, send us an email at tilldefdouusparty at gmail two l's and till and two p's and party, and uh, and we will uh, just send us an email with any questions or, or any suggestions yeah. of other breeds of animals that would be cool if people had focused as much energy on them as they did on dogs. For now, I have two questions for you, Stuart. Okay. One is what kind of cocktail would you pair with stand up, kick, love, and emotion? Mm, okay. Uh, well, yeah, like, I feel like this is just kind of like a classic Def Leppard song, and it goes down pretty smooth. Um, it goes down very smooth. But it does have that, like, sweet little Cockney rhyming rap. You know, I think uh, I think what I'd have to say is, like, a bottle of domestic beer and a shot of whiskey, you know? <laughs> shot of beer. <laughs> Man, you really hit it out of the park this time. <laughs> yeah. Another Thanks, classic. I was on that one. Another classic Stuart drink pairing recommendation uh, yeah. for the books. I hope someone's keeping track of those because at yeah, some yeah. point. We'll check the wiki. <laughs> we'll check our, our, our Till Death wiki. And at some point, I'm, I'd like to. At some point, we should get together and just go through and listen to all the songs on a podcast and just drink your cocktail pairing with each one. Sounds great. Um, and wouldn't that be fun? Um, <laughs> now, uh, the next question I have for you, and this will, this will, I think close out our, our, our lap for this, uh, for this uh, month and a half or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, we have been talking about, we've talked about five albums and we both place a lot of importance on where a song lands in a given album. It is important. To, to, it, it may be a lost art more and more these days, but... Oh, I just said more and more these days. But <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> what, a, what an asshole. Uh, what an idiot. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but you, you can... Uh, but I think the order of songs is important the the track listing number that a song is has weight of its own has importance of its own uh if you appreciate albums like the two of us do um and which is a fine thing to do also any other thing you want to do is also fine every day so (laughs) good say 
<laughs> so, uh, we are on the sixth song on the fifth album. First track of Side 2. So, we, I want to know your ranking of how Side 2s have started so far. Which is the best Side 2 starter? Okay. You ready, Stuart? Here we yep. go. Here's the... All right. On Through the Night. Side two starts with When the Walls Came Tumbling Down. Okay. A big one. Uh, high and Dry. Side two starts with You Got Me Running. Uh, Pyromania. Side two starts with fa 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 foolin This is tough so far. Uh, hysteria. Side two starts with Armageddon It. Actually, you know what? That's wrong. Let me let me let me back up. Hysteria is an outlier here, where side two starts with Gods of War, but that's because there's a bunch of really long songs on side one. So, but but let's just for the sake of it, let's just say track six is Armageddon it, and and Gods of War is like its own little island. All right, track six on Adrenalize, of course, is Stand Up that we talked about here tonight. So. Uh, Stuart, what are your rankings for track six? Oh, man, this is really hard. This is probably the hardest one we've had to do. Yeah, so far, uh, I, I agree this is the hardest one. Uh, I'm going to say number one is Armageddon. It. Mm, okay. Number okay. two is You Got Me Running. Okay. Number three is Stand Up, Kick Love into Motion. All right. Number four is... I'm going to say Walls Come Tumbling Down and close it out with Foolin'. It's a tough one. You're going to put Walls Come Tumbling Down over Foolin'? Yeah, yeah, hmm. I think I'm going to... Okay, is that just because Foolin' is uh, maybe... I, I don't know, like it's a, it's a little more overplayed and it's it's of their big singles it might be like a lackluster big single i mean for, that's for, part of it it's also ones. just like as i said this is the hardest hardest yeah. i've had to decide uh like two of my I'm, fa- two of my I'm, favorite def leopard songs of all time are in that list so yes and i'm i'm juggling i am juggling a little bit on that too i'm i'm asking that question because i'm trying to decide whether i like whether I like Walls Come Tumbling Down more just because I haven't heard it as much as Foolin'. Yeah. Um, like, uh, like, I haven't heard it in, like, radio situations as much as Foolin', or if I genuinely like it more. But your, your, your list was pretty, was pretty damn good. I think um, it's really tough, those first three. Yeah, they're, uh, all, they're all great. I have, I have always felt stand-up is, is just one of my absolute favorites, so... I gotta put it there at the top, but then it's like, uh, but then how do you choose between Armageddon it and you got me running? I guess I'm just gonna have to do it, and I'm gonna say it goes stand up Armageddon it, you got me running. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Armageddon it the respect it deserves as part of the greatest uh, work of art that that human beings have ever created. Yeah, of hysteria. So is that the same exact list that you did? Did you do Armageddon it? I did Armageddon it first though. Stand up oh, is number right, 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 three right. for me. Okay, so we just swapped those. Okay, all right. Uh, uh, no, Armageddon and You Got Me Running are like two of my favorite Def Leppard songs, no question. Yeah. Uh, 
much respect to all the others on the list, but come on. Yeah. No. Great stuff. All right, man. So uh, t- where, can, where can people find you, Stuart? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, at FlophouseCat. You can find me at Hinterlands Bar in Brooklyn. And you can occasionally hear me talking about movies on the Flophouse podcast. Be sure to stop by Hinterlands uh, and, and say, uh, Barkeep, mm-hmm. tell me your thoughts on the latest Game of Thrones season. Be sure to say, and then also, <laughs> and then also ask Stuart to recommend you a fine beer. Uh, and then from I will there, from what I, they from what they serve. And then I will pull out a handmade card, and I will turn the music off, and I will present the card to the person, and that just says nutsack on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you, what about you, Dr. Death? Oh, did you get, sorry, I, I thought I interrupted you, but you, so you got through all your stuff? I got, People I got check you out on the Flophouse. Okay. Yep. You guys got live dates coming up, don't you? We got some but, live dates coming up. We got a show in L.A. on uh, October 8th. We got a show in Toronto on the 22nd of October. And we have a show in San Francisco, I believe, on December 9th. Okay. All right. Well... Big world traveler. That's me. Stuart Wellington. Um, Bi-coastal, mm-hmm. frankly, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I live in the middle of the country in a flyover state. My name yeah, is I mean, Alex Smith, God's Dr. Country. Death. Yeah, you know, it's a little more real, I would say. Yeah. Uh, a little more honest. Uh, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Lydia Burrell. That's like a woman's name with two R's and two L's in Burrell. Uh, you can find me on, uh, and, and that is a band for which I compose and perform music. And you can find uh, music by Lydia Burrell all over uh, Spotify, Amazon, iTunes, uh, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Uh, I also make uh, music under the name of Hal Dotty, which is a little more of a comedy thing. You can find, again, you can find music for that all over the place. I make videos for that that are on YouTube. And then uh, you can also find Howl Dotty on Instagram, uh, Facebook, iTunes, or uh, sorry, iTunes, uh, Twitter, all that stuff. I think that covers me. I also host a Def Leppard podcast called Till Def Do Us Party, which once again, you should write us an email at tilldefdousparty at gmail.com and also follow us on Till Def, two L's in Till, on mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah, uh, rate and review on iTunes, babies. Yes, please, please give us some reviews. Get us out there. Share the shit out of this. Okay, so thank you. Love you you guys. Thank you. Stand up. Get loving. Something I didn't mention uh, while we were talking about the song, but I kind of love the fact that he doesn't finish the line when when Joe's singing it in the chorus. The line is stand up, kick love into motion, but Joe just goes, kick love it! Hey, he likes, he just lets it go. I like that about it. It's a, it's a cool, it's a cool choice, I think. Like, he's too cool to sing the whole thing. Consistently too cool to sing the whole thing. All right, bud. Stand up, kick love into motion, take one.
Take a look. 